RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network. Today's daily Star Trek news is sponsored by listeners like you, patrons through Patreon. Find out more and add your support at patreon.com forward slash daily Star Trek news. Hello and welcome to your daily Star Trek news from the Roddenberry Podcast Network. I'm Alison Pitt, and today is Tuesday, April 23rd, 2019. Coming up on today's show, newly sisterless Spock seeks his opposite with Kirk, IDW Comics takes on the aftermath of Discovery Season 2, and the Picard series is making it so, as we speak. All this, plus this week's Trek trivia, coming up next. A word of warning, landlubbers, here be spoilers for the finale of Star Trek Discovery Season 2. The dramatic final episode of this season ended with an emotional goodbye. Spock, ready in his shuttle and intending to head back to Discovery and go with his sister into the future, found himself stranded, the shuttle having been damaged by shrapnel. As Spock and Michael Burnham realize that this is their final goodbye, she asks him to find his opposite. For longtime Star Trek fans, this exchange was a clear nod to the original series, and helped link back to the Spock we have known for decades. And it turns out that that nod was deliberate. Cinema Blend points to a recent interview in which series producer Michelle Paradise discussed the end of the season with Entertainment Tonight. When asked directly if Spock and Burnham's conversation was an allusion to Kirk, Paradise said, Absolutely, that is definitely Kirk. Fans hoping for more TOS cameos in Discovery shouldn't hold their breath, though. In the finale, Discovery traveled 950 years into the future. As Cinema Blend points out, while that will solve the problems some fans have had with the series butting up against the original canon, it will also significantly lessen the chances that any characters from the original series will ever appear again. Speaking of canon, it's clear that adherence to and consistency with canon was a driving force behind the conclusion of Season 2. In the aforementioned interview with Entertainment Tonight, Michelle Paradise was asked whether Season 3 could be seen as a reset of sorts for Discovery. She said that wrapping up the story and showing the crew lying about what happened is protection for Discovery, and a method of tying its story back into what we know historically about the Star Trek universe. Said Paradise... It was about answering the Season 2 story, eliminating the threat of control so that we, as viewers, understand control has been eliminated. The goal of this season was to take care of this problem, and we have taken care of this problem successfully, and at the same time, that also puts us in line with canon. Now, she couldn't say much about Season 3, as one might expect, except to say, I'm super excited to see where our characters go in the future, and hopefully everyone else will be too. Now, if you, like many fans, were saddened to see Discovery jump into the future, leaving some of our favorite Discovery characters behind in the past, IDW Comics yesterday announced that a new comic book miniseries entitled Star Trek Discovery Aftermath will debut this summer, 
following the lives of those left behind in the 23rd century, after the events of the Discovery finale. The three-issue series reunites co-writers Kirsten Beyer, Mike Johnson, and artist Tony Shastine from IDW. In the aftermath of the 2019 finale, everything in Discovery has changed, and as Laurel and Pike try to negotiate a fragile peace, Spock finds himself grappling with the fallout from what happened with Michael Burnham, and the mysteries about her still left to unravel. The writing team of Bayer, Johnson, and artist Shastine have some serious credits to their name. Bayer is a noted Star Trek Voyager novelist and was on the writing staff for both Season 1 and Season 2 of Discovery. Mike Johnson wrote the IDW miniseries Countdown, the prelude to Star Trek 2009, as well as numerous other titles for IDW. And Tony Shastine returns to IDW after the 2018 title, Star Trek Discovery, The Light of Kalos. TrekMovie.com reports that at WonderCon last month, IDW editor Chase Maratz announced that the series would start in August, and that pre-orders should be available starting in late May. And finally today, those of you who are holding your breath for the new Picard series to start, you can let out a sigh of relief. According to TrekMovie.com, who cited the industry newsletter Production Weekly, shooting started yesterday, April 22nd, and is scheduled to run until around September 16th of this year. This news is consistent with previous expectations that the show would start filming this month. The Picard show is expected to run for 10 episodes, with shooting to be divided up into five two-episode blocks. The directors of the first four episodes are already known. Hanel Culpepper, who directed the season two Discovery episode The Red Angel, will direct the first two episodes. And Trek alum Jonathan Frakes confirmed last week that he will be directing episodes three and four. Up next, it's Trek Trivia Tuesday. But first, a word from me. Unfortunately for me, your daily Star Trek news does not write itself, nor does it host or publish itself. Now, I'm working on ways to make that happen, but in the meantime, well, it's pretty much just me, and I depend on the support of listeners like you. Please, if you can, consider supporting the show on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash daily Star Trek news. For as little as a dollar a month, you can help me keep the show going. So if you like daily stuff and or Star Trek stuff and or news stuff, then please visit patreon.com forward slash daily Star Trek news to find out more and how you can contribute. Once again, that's patreon.com forward slash daily Star Trek news. And a big thanks to you because you rock. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for, it's Trek Trivia Tuesday. Did you know the unofficial, official name of Captain Jean-Luc Picard's fish is Livingston? Named after Star Trek producer David Livingston, he graced the corner of Captain Picard's ready room for all seven seasons of The Next Generation, and it's said that his tank even survived the saucer section crashing into Viridian 3 in Star Trek Generations. In his lifetime, Livingston Picard saw his fair share of drama, being examined by a variety of important Star Trek characters, including Q, the liberated Borg Hugh, and the time-traveler Berlingoff Rasmussen. 
He was even turned into a jellyfish in the episode Genesis, and was nearly eaten by a proto-human version of Commander Riker. Outside the Star Trek universe, it's notable that Livingston was almost always portrayed by a red lionfish. No indication whether it was the same actor consistently or not. The exception was the season four episode, Devil's Due, when he was portrayed by a clearfin lionfish. A big thanks to Memory Alpha for this week's Trek trivia. So now a trivia question for you. Which alien race from Star Trek is said to be descended from saber-toothed turtles? Listen in for the answer on Friday's edition of Daily Star Trek News. Well, that's it for today's Daily Star Trek News from the Roddenberry Podcast Network. For more great Star Trek podcasts, be sure to check out podcasts.roddenberry.com. This show is sponsored by people like you, patrons through Patreon. Find out more and add your support at patreon.com forward slash daily Star Trek news. If you'd like to get in touch with me, just shoot me an email. Info at dailystartreknews.com is the address, or find the show on Twitter and Instagram at Daily Star Trek News. I'm Allison Pitt. Live long and prosper. Podcast.roddenberry.com. The Roddenberry Podcast Network.